Not Just Football with Cam Hayward is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. How hard do you take these losses? Like, when do you forget about the loss and where you move on to next week, actually? Uh, man, I, uh, I take them very seriously. Um, you know, I, I've always been a fan of the Steelers, right? And, you know, this, it bugs me. Um, it eats at me. Like, I don't like being the reason. I don't like losing. I am a, I'm not a sore loser, but it, it stays with me. Um, you know, and I, I feel like I'm the reason why we've lost. And so I got to pick up my game and, you know, I'm not running from it and uh, looking forward to the Jets game. What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of Not Just Football with me, your host, Cam Hayward. Um, If you haven't realized, we've had two games in a span of four days. And so we had plenty going on, but we're back and we're here to talk. Aiden, you ready to dive into this? I am. It was a late night, I think, for both of us last night. A uh, tough one, and I'm excited to hear or interested to hear what you have to say about last night's game. Yeah, every loss is a late night. So these last two games, I've been, you know, scratching my head, pulling my hair. Um, man, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I guess I'm just going to dive right into it. You know, uh, I'll give you my post-game presser. You know, last night we played the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland uh, night game on Thursday night. Woo, you got to love those Thursday night games. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, you know, uh, Amazon put it on, cool production. But from our standpoint, uh, you know, it was a chance to go up 2-0 in the AFC North. Um, And we know coming off of last week or coming off of Sunday, every team in our division had lost. So this was a chance to, you know, get on top of everybody, and we did not do that. Um, You know, we, you know, at halftime it's 14-13, but both teams are having some some success running the ball. Um, And um, in the second half, we start with the ball. uh, I think it was like a a three and out or maybe six plays, um, and then they had a drive. Um, that sustained, I think, over 20 plays or so that, um, you know, they were able to capitalize and get a touchdown on. Um, And, you know, it was just tough sledding from there. Yeah, I mean, tough start, too. How difficult is it for you guys coming off Sunday to get ready to play Thursday divisional game? Is that that really as big of a challenge as we all think it is? It's it's definitely a big challenge. You know, but as professionals, you don't run away from it. you know, it's about more more than anything, just trying to get your body back. Uh, you're not putting in any, like, a lot of new defenses or a lot of new offenses. Um, you know, you're not doing the wear and tear of, you know, carrying your pads, as we would call it, uh, being uh, in full pads during, the, during that week because guys are, you know, a little bit sore. But, uh, you know, both teams have to go through. It's a war of attrition. Um, so you can't make an excuse on that approach, but, um, you know, it comes down to just execution. Um, and you look at their big runs against us and against our defense, uh, it came down to execution, came down to whether we tackled or not, or we were in the right gaps. Uh, I, I, I feel like I say this every week, but run defense is about, you know, 
every man being accountable for his gap and guys getting off blocks. And we did not do that enough. Did they do it enough on their defense? I don't think so. You know, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, I thought, got off a little bit. But, you know, in the end, uh, you're dealing with a two-headed monster in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. There is no let off when either one of those guys are in. And you have to make sure uh, you are physical at the point of attack. Uh, you provide small holes so he can't just get the speed. And, you know, once he gets the speed, he's putting defense on skates. Um, you know, I know he didn't score off the long touchdown, but he flipped the field. And when you do that, you, you stress the defense um, and you you open up their offense because if you can't stop the run, then you can't stop the pass. Um, you know, those go hand in hand. If you can stop the run, then you can start to get off the pass and, you know, start to make them one dimensional, but they can still have success. But if you can't stop the run, uh, you're in for a long night. Yeah, and I think that was obvious because I thought Brissett actually played pretty good. He had controlled the offense and made a couple big throws for them, but the run game definitely set that up. Um, and I'm not making an excuse here, but y'all's defense has been on the field quite a bit, honestly, more than any unit in the league. How much of that is playing a factor in just are you guys tired or, or you know, is it too many snaps? Um, obviously, I, I do think we're playing too many snaps. Um, but, you know, I don't think that's any fault but ourselves. Um, you know, the best defenses are always on the sideline, right? And we have to be able to get off the field on third down. I know our, you know, I think our third down percentage is too high, um, you know, around 40, 45%. Um, and that's way too high. Um, you know, we have to be able to get off the field and provide more chances for our offense. Um, you know, we didn't even have a turnover last night. And, um, you know, turnovers play a big part in, our, in AFC North games. Um, to go to start the year out with a, five turnovers and then get one last week and none in this game, uh, it's unacceptable. Um, you know, we preach about uh, attacking the ball, but they were very careful with it. Um, you don't see a lot of risk-taking in their offense. Even when they would go play action, it was max pro. And what I mean by max pro is you're keeping everybody in and running two-man routes, but you've already sucked the defense in to make you think it's a run. So uh, you're protecting your quarterback and making sure he doesn't have to do a lot. Uh, and, you know, your running backs have set the tempo. Um, you know, we have to get off the field and we have to make sure um, we, we do that uh, quickly because if we don't do that, um, you know, you're just going to be on those long drives and it, it affects your offense because they can't get a good rhythm where they continue to keep going back and forth. Yeah, and it felt like every time they had a third down, it was third and one, third and two, where, J where Jacoby could get a little QB sneak or something, and it wasn't a really challenging third down. So that was tough to see, and I, I agree on the third down thing. One thing I did want to talk about is I did think the offense was a little better yesterday. Uh, what did you see from them? And um, like I said, I thought they ran the ball pretty well yesterday considering how much crap they've been getting. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, I, I really do think the offense is, is starting to come together a lot more. You know, I thought – Najee ran very hard downhill. Uh, Jalen Warren, uh, I thought the O-line pushed them back. Uh, obviously, it only comes down to winning the ball game, right? But there are positives you can take away. Um, you know, I, I, there's one play in particular I thought was amazing. Um, you know, they sent a blitz and, um, you know, Najee flipped the linebacker. And then, you know, Mitch 
came out of the pocket and delivered the ball down the field. And I just thought it was a great play, uh, great pass pro. Um, and, you know, Mitch made some really good plays, uh, with his, whether it's with his feet or with his arm. Um, you know, and then I know everybody's going to talk about the George Pickens uh, catch, um, you know, to come off of the first two games where he didn't get the ball a lot. Uh, I, I feel like uh, there's still more opportunity there, but uh, you got to see what he's capable of. Yeah, I do want to give, excuse me, the offensive line a lot of credit. They've been getting a lot of crap, and I thought they played really good yesterday, um, you know, and really did a good job. And I thought Mitch played well, too, but we do have to talk about the Pickens catch. I mean, is that something that you guys see all the time in practice so it wasn't that impressive or wasn't that out of the ordinary? Um, well, you don't really see a lot of one-handed catches because, you know, as cool as the one-handed te- catches are, uh, you get you want to have good technique and get two hands on the ball and, you know, um, you know, get your hands up in there and uh, post high. You know, I, I think um, we've seen it in training camp, definitely, uh, when you're going against each other and, you know, a guy's grabbing you and, you know, fighting for a position. You see George can make big plays. Um, the crazy thing is all three of our wide receivers, um, starting wide receivers, can do that. Um, Deontay Johnson, week one, um, you know, I think Chase had one week one as well. And you see, George, these guys, um, you look at our wide receiver core, um, they can compete with anybody. Um, they are, you know, very dangerous with the ball in their hands. And, um, you know, Chase can do it in a, in a multitude, a myriad of ways, uh, whether by jet sweeps or, you know, going deep. Um, Deontay's footwork is second to none man like the dude can find a way to get open and then you know he's able to catch uh and George is just he's growing you know George is gonna have to continue to keep being a big player for us and you know we're gonna have to have some other guys step up as well yeah I I will say this and and I know we mentioned it uh last week or whenever that was but Deontay is not getting enough credit for that catch week one I mean I feel like if Chase makes that catch he's getting it's all over sports center whatnot because he made a great incompletion that that we were talking about the one where he was out of bounds in the end zone um but do you think that catch was better than obj's oh man um you know man it's probably just as good as it um man obj's catch was was pretty spectacular um falling out of bounds the thing i loved about george is it wasn't like you know it was he had to fight for a position, and then he had just had to reach back, and um, and it's it's unbelievable. Both plays are you know um, really cool to see, and um, he definitely gets the team uh, hyped, and you know you get excited for a young guy like that. But George, we're gonna need some more of that, um, you know, and hopefully this is just a welcome party. I know George had some really great catches. How did it look on the TNF uh, Amazon stream? Uh, definitely different. I, I think Amazon's done a really good job. I think Kurt and Al do a great job on there. Also, they, they have different streams. They give you the all 22. Um, very crisp. Good job. You'd think Amazon had been doing this for years. Did you watch last Thursday? Actually, I did watch last Thursday. Um, you know, it, it's really cool to see that um, Amazon, like, is about to take over the NFL. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, all the little nuances and, you know, I was just hearing today about, like, you can literally shop on, 
you know, the game. So it's like, man, they it's becoming, you know, the new norm and uh, it's only good for our brand. Yeah, Amazon is king, man. I've also heard or saw a report they're trying to get in the college football game. And it's like, I think everybody just needs to go ahead and download Amazon Prime because it's very clear you're going to have to watch, get that to watch some football at some point. Yeah, but who who are they going to get in college football? I feel like everybody just signed their Fox and ESPN deal, so nobody's getting out of their deals anytime soon. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I mean, there's hey man, you throw enough money around though, and Bezos certainly could do that. You never know. I mean, listen, the Big Ten will take another couple billion from him if they can. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> what they're going to get like the Ohio State Youngstown State game or something? Like, is that I mean, what listen, <laughs> listen. Listen, we've had this conversation before. With spreads involved, people will watch any game, man. So, you, listen, Amazon will pay yeah. for Youngstown State, Ohio State, especially with a 55-point spread, mean you can fight over. <laughs> yeah, you talk all the spreads you want. I'm not getting into that. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Football season is here, and nothing beats your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they are also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See vividseats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. So, Hayden, fill me in on what's happening around the league. All right, man. Well, I'm excited. This is We don't normally get to do this. We're going to have you pick some games this week or at least break down some games. I'm going to give you three different games, and I want you to break down how you think they'll go down, okay? Okay. Let's do it. All right. Let's start off with Bills Dolphins. Our friends at Caesars have the Bills, a road favorite, minus 5.5, five and a half points. Uh, how do you see the game breaking down? Man, I think this is going to be a shootout. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody's a little bit uh, numb to what the Dolphins are doing out there. Uh, Tua is playing very well, and you have to give him credit for it. Um, but, you know, Josh Allen is no second guy to anybody. And so you look at these guys, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. You're playing in Miami, uh, not easy. And so, man, it could come down to the last drive. I have to ask you, how how difficult is that, playing in Miami in September? Crazy thing is, I, I haven't played in Miami yet. Like, last time we went to Miami, I tore my hamstring the week before, and so I was out. Uh, but, man, I've seen guys like Lawrence Timmons throwing up in the middle of the game. Um, it is not an easy thing to do in playing in Miami in September. Uh I, I don't recommend you do that, but um, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I don't know how much you got to see of that Dolphin comeback last week, if anything, but was if you did, was there anything that you saw from that offense that made you really like, wow, they're they're pretty good? I think everybody was getting enamored with what Baltimore was doing. It was like, oh, this is, you know, it, it, you can call it 
the game's over. Um, and then you you hear about, you know, the Dolphins coming back and you're like, damn, they must be, you know, clicking on all cylinders. Um, you know, you must have got some quick three and outs on defense. Um, but then uh, for that offense to just get rolling, I've just seen clips of, uh, you know, Tua really uh, slinging the ball around. Um, I think Mike McDaniels is a great coach that, uh, you know, is making sure that his skill set is thriving. Um, and that's all you can hope for. You get a guy like Andy Reid with Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, that's dangerous. You get a guy like Matt Stafford with Sean McVay. Um, Mike McDaniels with uh, Tua and, you know, Tariq Hill, uh, it's going to be setting your, up your, defense, your offense pretty well. Yeah, I think Miami's speed really sticks out to me. I mean, Mostert, mm. Edmonds is fast, and then you add the two receivers who are probably the fastest duo in the league. Um, yeah. Who do you think will win the game? Oh, man, I want to say I'm going for the upset. Give me the Dolphins. Wow. So Dolphins win the game. That's a huge win, though, man. That's a division win. Make them 3-0. I think then that'll make people maybe start to believe in two and more and the Dolphins, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's not a shot at, you know, Buffalo. I just think uh, Dolphins are doing something special down there. And, you know, I, I know Josh Allen is a monster and he's going to continue to throw the ball. But I'm very I, I, I'm very um, aware of what the Dolphins do on defense as well. And I think that is a hidden thing. Um, obviously, the Bills have a good defense as well uh, with Von Miller um uh, in phillips and you know ed oliver up front uh tredavious white should be coming back pretty soon uh and poirier but you know i just think miami's got a sneaky team that if you don't bring your best brand of ball you're you're gonna get exposed and they're gonna win the game all right we're gonna be on the opposite side of this uh, that thing i'm gonna take the bills uh, on that and I just saw the numbers of Josh uh, Allen in Miami in the last like three starts and he's been unbelievable so I I'm going to take the Bills we're going to be on the opposite side of that um, let's go to another game here though we got Tampa Tom uh, hosting the Packers it's a pick them so you can just pick whoever you think will win the game from our friends at Caesars um, how do you see that game breaking down and uh, will Brady be able to move the ball down so many weapons man I don't like the thing Brady's got is a really good running game, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, I think that's why they won the game versus, uh, you know, the Saints because they were able to just, you know, sustain the drives. Having a guy like Leonard Fournette uh, really helps. Um, you know, I'm going to be interested to see, are these Green Bay receivers for real? Are they able to step up? Um, you know, week one, getting um, demolished by Minnesota uh, it was tough. And then you look at last week, I thought they bounced back. But, you know, what are the Green Bay wide receivers going to do? And you know what Tom Brady's going to do. You know, Tom Brady's, he might not have all his receivers, but if you look at that roster, he's got guys like Kyle Rudolph. He's got guys like Julio Jones um, that might not be the sexy picks anymore, but they can still get it done. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, is, is Green Bay going to be able to score? Uh, that that mm. Tampa defense, man, is something special. I'd love to hear you break down them and who you like on that defense and why they're so successful at stopping so many people. Yeah, um, I think it starts up front. You got Vita Vea. That guy uh, not only pushes the pocket, but he puts a lot of pressure just in the mi middle. Um, 
when destroying centers, guards. Um, and then you look at that inside core, inside linebacking core of Levante David and Devin White. They just fly around. Um, I think they're the best tandem um, in the NFL. They are able to uh, play with speed, instincts, uh, make big plays. And I think last week they had five turnovers and a pick six. Um, and so, man, they, they, they know how to play defense. So, you know, I think Rodgers might, might, might struggle in that front. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they defensively, they've been amazing. They really have shut down the first two opponents and that's really been their calling card this year. Uh, who do you think will win the game? Give me Tampa. I think Tampa? Tampa's going to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. All right, well, last game here uh, that I want you to break down. Interesting game because 49ers have a new quarterback. 49ers heading to Denver. They're a, they're a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, which is kind of crazy with how talented I think the Broncos are. How do you see that game playing out? Man, I hate playing in Denver. Denver is the worst place to play. Um, that mile-high uh, altitude, man, it will get you. Like, there's been times where I've – not going out for warm up, like the warm up before the warm up, just because uh, I didn't want to wear myself down before the game. Um, you know, Denver is a tough place to play. But I'll say this: if if Jimmy G is going to play like this, and you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how you fall in love with a guy like Trey Lance when Jimmy G just got you to the Super Bowl last year. I mean, got you to the conference final last year. Um, we're going to see Jimmy G again. And, you know, it seems like they're all rallying around him. And that's, that, that's what we're hoping for. But uh, I, I got, I got the 49ers. It's not going to be an easy game. Um, you know, I know uh, the Broncos are still trying to figure some things out on the offense. Uh, they got to pick up the speed of their, their offense getting to the line. There's been way too many delay of game penalties and just wasting the clock. Um, that comes with communication. But I think when you look at that offense for the 49ers, you look at that defense for the 49ers, I think they're above that team uh, the, the, in the Denver Broncos. Yeah, last week the the crowd was counting down the play clock for the offense, which is not a good look. How different is the 49ers offense? And I, I don't know how much you've watched them, but how different is the offense with Trey Lance and Jimmy G? Well, I think Trey Lance provides more mobility, but I think Jimmy G has a better sense of what the offense needs to accomplish. Um, can he be a game manager at times? Yes. But, you know, he can still make all the throws, and he's shown he can win. Like – I, I I don't think you can take that away from guys when you've shown how you can win. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to bring in youth and talent, but Jim, it's not like Jimmy Jesus fell off the face of the earth and was god-awful this entire time. This dude has, you know, went into New England when Brady was out, balled out there, came to, you know, the, the uh, 49ers, went to a Super Bowl, then went to a conference championship. I think you, you got to give him – uh, a lot more credit for what he's done. It's strange to me nobody wanted to trade for him. I mean, you've played in so many big games, and if you have a good roster, he's proving that if you put a good roster around him, dude, he will get you to the Super Bowl or even, you know, at least the conference championship game. Right. And I, I think it comes down to how much do you want to spend if he's not going to be your your automatic starter week one. 
And so I think that's what it honestly came down to. Obviously, 49ers were looking for a price uh, for someone to match, but am I going to spend a first or second rounder to bring Jimmy G in if I'm not sure he's going to start right away? Hypothetical for you. They Let's say they go 12-5 and five this year, get to the playoffs, don't get to the Super Bowl. What do they do next year at quarterback, you think? Whew. Um, I think you got to keep starting Jimmy G and really because look how much football Trey Lance will have played in the past two years. Not a lot. And in that time, Jimmy G will have gotten you to the playoffs multiple times, a Super Bowl. Um, and you know, even when you were ready to count them out, you, you couldn't get rid of them. So, uh, I, I just like the professionalism he has shown in this situation because it could have been way different. He could have shut down and would have said, no, nah, I'm not dealing with y'all anymore. Trade me. He waited his time. Um, injuries happened in this league, and he was ready for the moment. Yeah, I also saw some crazy stat. I don't have it on me here, but some crazy thing about his contract that if he pays 25% of the snaps in a game, he gets like a $250,000 bonus, gets a $100,000 bonus for like every win. So the guy's making money too, so I'm happy for him there. So one last thing on that game, are you ready to hit the panic button? And we don't have a panic button to hit, but you ready to hit it on the Broncos offense and the, just the Broncos in general? Uh, what's their record right now? They're one and one. But it's, but struggled last week too against a, a Texans team that's you know not very good. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of parity in our league. Um, if you start pushing the panic button in the first two weeks, I, I I just don't think that's right. There's a lot of football to be played, guys. We play 17 games now. I don't think we can just you know chalk it up after week three, and that goes for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's a lot of football to be played. Um, and, you know, with a new head coach and a new quarterback, you have to be patient. You have to give them time. Um, I, I, I think Russ is going to be fine there. They just got to clean it up. But it's got to it's got to start soon. Yeah, is some of the stuff that they need to clean up not a little concerning? Like the play clock stuff? And it just seems like some of it seems really basic well, things. You know, that it could come down to preseason. You know, yeah. that's stuff you work on in preseason. That's stuff you got to clean up. The communication, being crisp, getting out of the huddle. One thing they should just do is line up in no huddle so that way, you know, have calls where you can just get them out to people and guys can be lined up. Too many times you're wasting time. And as a defender, if I know you have five seconds left on the clock, shoot your shot and go after them. Because they're they can't hard count. They try to hard count, you know, they're getting a penalty. Um, you know, I, I think understanding that, but uh, there's a lot of stuff that can be improved, and you look forward to them just, you know, cleaning that up sooner rather than later. So, for the record, you're taking the Dolphins at home. Mm -hmm. You're taking the Bucks and the 49ers, or yeah, 49ers, yes, 49ers. Right? 49ers. Yes. Wow. So even with how tough it is to play on the road, huh? You're going to take the 49ers uh, in Denver. I'm a big fan of how uh, the 49ers play defense. Um, it, it's not one guy. It's the group. And uh, it's going to be really cool to see if, how, they, how they stop a guy like Russ Wilson. I'm not going to lie. I love their, their roster. They, to me, the last five, six years, their roster is just loaded with players. I mean, offensively, I think they've got a lot of guys you like. They could almost put in any running back, and it works. Um, all right, one more game that I do want to get – 
we're going to use our friends from Caesars again. They're, uh, Ohio State's a 19-point favorite Saturday night against Wisconsin. How do you see that game playing out? I love Ohio State in that game. I'll give you 50 points. I think Ohio State covers that easily. <laughs> I don't like doing the point spreads. You, you like, like that's not me. Like, I like wins and losses, right? Like, you can't tell me, oh yeah, they lost, but they really still won. They really still won me some money. Um, you know, I think um, did Wisconsin already lose one game? I think. Yeah, so they did. They lost a bad game too. I think it was like Washington Wisconsin. or Washington State. Yeah, they, um, I think they got beat at home too. Their offense is just constipated, man. It's just you know, I, I think I think for Ohio State, you want to throw the ball early um, and put a lot of pressure on that Wisconsin team to keep up. The great Wisconsin teams are always in a a, a good fight when they're able to run the ball. If you throw the ball early on a team like on, on Wisconsin and you get the lead and they can't just settle back and stay into that run fit and, you know, try to take away more, more possessions, then, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be tough for them. You know, I'm looking at right, right now, Wisconsin lost 17-14 at home to Washington State. Um, I don't th- even think T.J. Watt wants to go to the game. But, you know, I, I, you know, I think it's uh, it's a tough game to go on the road um, to go to the shoe. So uh, I would say, you know, take Ohio State. Yeah, I don't even think it's going to be close. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't think Wisconsin has the athletes to keep up or the offense. I mean, mm. losing 17 and 14 at home to Washington State's a bad look, man. I, I just don't yeah. see how they keep up. Um, how do you feel about the Buckeyes so far? I feel like we're not peaking too early. For us, I think it's getting better every week. Um, you know, obviously, we got Wisconsin coming up. You got Michigan State after that. You got Penn State. Um, but, you know, you look at our, our, our games, um, obviously, the Michigan game at the end of the year is going to be the big one. That's the finale. Um, it's always been like that. Winner of that usually goes to the, you know, the uh, Big Ten Championship. But, you know, for us, you can peak early and, you know, feel like you've solved every problem. I'd rather be the team that's figuring it out on, on the fly, getting better every week, um, rather than, oh, we, we can just do it the way we want. We don't have to change up our style. Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, I'd say there's there's three games in particular, two that I really think you guys can get challenged on. It'd be at Penn State and then Michigan at home. Um, I, I'm not so sure about Michigan State right now. That performance last week against Washington wasn't very good. Um, and they they have problems in the back end that I just don't see how they'll be able to keep up with Ohio State. Um, but yeah. I do think it comes down to, man, November 26th, Michigan, Ohio State, both got a very good chance of being undefeated and going into that game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope uh, Michigan holds up their end of the deal because they're coming to the shoe and we all my ass whoop them. Uh, no, listen. Listen, I don't know the last time Michigan won in the shoe, so it would be really nice to get one, uh, especially <laughs> while, we're, while we're recording this. It would be really, really great uh, to get that. All right, so you got so to go back through it. You got Ohio State cover. We won't even say if they're covering or not. You think Ohio State wins big? Forty uh, yes. ers Tampa, and and the Dolphins. Cam Hayward's uh, yes. expert picks. Yes. All right, cool. We're marking them down, and we're going to see how bad you were at this uh, next week. All right. hold me to it all right i will 
All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app ever, and honestly, the only one you need. It's not just about the big bonuses and boosts and promos that you get. It's the fact that every time you bet, whether you win or lose, you're earning towards the types of perks only Caesars can offer, free stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. That's because when you download the Caesars Sportsbook app, you become a Caesars Rewards member, and that means perks. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, let's switch it up here. Let's get a little not just football stuff. Uh, Get a little topics me and you like to talk about. ESPN came out with a ranking of their top five players, and one of our favorite players was not on that list. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, I do, and I'm looking at it right now. This is pretty disgusting, guys. Like... Like, I understand Giannis, you know, number one. How is Steph five? How is Steph five? Well, Steph, I guess my question is, who would you take out? Who would you take out? I got to put Embiid and Jokic behind LeBron. Like, LeBron's got to be a top five player. Got to be. I mean, I mean, dude, Jokic is – I mean, it, the problem is, is Embiid and Jokic put up such good numbers – um, that it's really hard to ignore how good they are. Right, I get that. And, you know, would you take Embiid or Jokic over Durant? Uh, no. I, see, I'm a KD guy, though. Like, I, I think the skill is just unbelievable. On it. Like, I, it's hard to believe he's not on the list anymore. I mean, exactly. really. And I actually, I like Luka and Giannis on there. I think they're both deserving of top five conversation. I feel like we're putting Luka ahead of where he should be. Oh, like, I think we're I think we're ready to crown Luca already, but I haven't seen Luca do anything yet. Yeah, but his roster, like if he get, gets another superstar, he can do it. But that that guy to me is carrying a roster that's not as good as some of the others on this list. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's tough. You know, the roster is tough. Um, you know, but then like LeBron and Steph, I feel like have to be, you know, closer to Giannis. Um, because I feel like, you know, LeBron averaged 30 last year. Like, let's, let's not discount that. Uh, Steph had one of the greatest runs and didn't look like he was slowing down at all. Um, he finally got that NBA finals MVP. Like, what are we talking about guys? Like, um, that's just, that's wild to me. Like if it came down to it, are you taking Luca over stuff? Uh, Probably. Yeah, probably. Nah, I'm not doing I that. Am. Steph I, is such. 
He's such Can't. he's such a a mismatch for everybody. Everybody. So is Luca. I mean, if you put Luca on the Warriors cab, the same exact thing happens. They uh, win no, the title. I can't do that. I can't. Not even that. a question. Like, listen, I'm no. not disrespecting Steph at all, but it's not even a question to me. If you throw Luca on the Warriors, that team, that team wins the finals. Wait, think, wait, just wait. As easy. So is what's what's Luca's uh, um, three point per- percentage? I don't know. I don't care. What's how many is how many rebounds does Steph pull down a game? How many assists does Steph get in a game? I mean, Luca's like twenty nine, eight and eight. I mean. There's the guy is a stats sheet stuffer and his best player on his team last year was Jalen Brunson. who's a nice player, but it wasn't what Steph was playing with. Bro. Steph is literally turning from the basket and just going like that. Like, like it's too easy for him. He Listen, just won the I'm championship. The puppy, the puppy. He just won the championship. Cool. I'm, I hear you, but I also think he had the best team. So, and, and like I said, Luca, me and you could get in a fight about Luca forever. So, I, you know, that one we're never going to agree on. But I'm sorry. Luca t- deserves to be in the top five. I could see you taking out Jokic, maybe, and maybe Embiid. But man, it's tough with maybe, how. With how maybe much. Embiid? Of course, Embiid. Take him out? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I have to. Man. You just had. Like, it's not easy, but, you know, um, I feel like. I feel like Embiid had an MVP, right? He had James Harden on his team. And then what did they do I in mean, the playoffs? He was 30.6, 11.8 and 4.2 assist, man. That guy is a stud. Like and and I and I hear you, but we can both agree James Harden is not James Harden of old here. This is it's not he's the Embiid's the best player on that team by far. Right. But at what time did we ever crown AI the best player because of what he did? I I think it's doing it different ways though. I also think when the guy's seven foot three and can shoot threes and I mean, like you said, what's his three point percentage rate on it? I mean, Embiid shoots what? Like 35% from the three point line, 36% from the mm-hmm. three point line. I mean, yeah. that's, that's not, that's pretty good, man. And you add the size and the rebounding, it's hard to take and beat out. So let me ask you this. Let's just do this, cut this to rest. Who is your top five right now? Giannis, Steph, LeBron, uh, KD, Luca. Giannis, Steph, LeBron, KD, Luca. I could see that. And then, uh, and then I know Danny had given us a list of six through 10. Who's the next guy to get to the top five? Ooh, next guy to get to the top five. Oh man. Cause then you look at those those two big men right there, right? Obviously they, they gotta be up there. Guy I'm like that's like on the cusp of greatness, but like not there yet is Ja Morant. And I feel like there's Ja Morant, there's Jason Tatum, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's a Devin Booker. And those mm-hmm. three guys are like like neck and neck for that next spot. Yeah, no, I think all three of them could be in the top five in the next two to three years. Tatum in Tatum in particular is the guy to me that just got everything you want. The size, the mm. skill. I mean, he's a stud. So I think Tatum yeah. will be the next guy in there. But I, I can't believe you have Steph ahead of LeBron. I, to this day, I, I still don't think Steph's better than LeBron right now. I'm just going in off of like preseason right now. Like I'll give Steph the go-ahead because of what he did this past year. It was not easy for Steph, and Steph had Steph stepped up. Um, I give credit where credit's due. 
I'm a big LeBron fan, and now I got Giannis in front. But Steph, Steph, you know, at this moment is is ahead. I still think it's his roster is just better than a lot of other teams. But still, he's that's not taking away how good of a player he is. I just think he's surrounded by a lot of good talent, um, and I think that helps him. But uh, yeah. All right, so we got your top five. LeBron's not in it. You're pissed, and we got it. We can move on here. We don't have to keep talking about the NBA top five anymore. Give us a preview next week. You got the Jets. You got 10 days off. Hopefully you can get a little rest in. How you see the Jets? I know you haven't watched much tape, but what do you know about them? Uh, well, Zach Wilson was the guy going in. You know, we're going to see if he's healthy. Um, but Joe Flacco is no slouch. Uh, Joe Flacco went into Cleveland and won. Um, and, you know, I think he made like a comment that, uh, you know, he's won more in Cleveland than the Cleveland Browns have won in Cleveland. Um, but, you know, uh, they've got a really good defense. Quinnen Williams, um, a guy up front I, I've been very impressed with. Um, and, you know, I'm just excited. I'm not excited right now, but I, I got to get this bad taste out of my mouth. Uh, not happy, um, but we are back home. Jets at home. One o'clock game. See you there, and uh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta right the ship. I'm not looking to make excuses. We gotta stop the run, uh, and then get after the passer. But uh, it, it's gotta be complimentary football. Defense helping offense, offense helping defense, and specially special teams being sprinkled in there. We gotta clean some stuff stuff up until then, though. Yeah, an old friend, Joe Flacco. You get to see. Um, one thing I do want to know. And I want you to let the people know, how hard do you take these losses? Like, when do you forget about the loss and where you move on to next week, actually? Uh, man, I, uh, I take them very seriously. Um, you know, I, I've always been a fan of the Steelers, right? And, you know, this, it bugs me. Um, it eats at me. Like, I don't like being the reason. I don't like losing. I am a, I'm not a sore loser, but... It, it stays with me, um, you know, and I, I feel like I'm the reason why we've lost. And so I got to pick up my game and, you know, I'm not running from it and uh, looking forward to the Jets game. I want to set the record straight. You are an extremely sore loser. And no, you are a I'm just, totally I'm just a boastful winner. Lose. I'm a boastful you, winner. You, whatever that means. You are a totally different person. Because I let you know I, when I win. Oh my gosh, dude. You, you listen, it's obvious when you've lost too, because you like, listen, the phone goes dark. You don't hear from cab for a couple of days. We need to get a check on you. Like it's listen. I don't think the people realize how serious and how hard you take these losses. Like cam goes dead silent for like 72 hours to everybody. Come here. Come here. I want to show you something. Come here. Oh gosh. Come here. Come here. Okay, okay. Well, I got my daughter right over there, right? And I'm that's the only reason that brightens my day after losses cuz I get to see her. Um get to see any of my kids. It means the world to me. Um but when they have to ask and they say, "Daddy, did you win?" That is breaks my heart. Um and I hate delivering bad news. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't sit well with me. So I gotta, I gotta, I gotta be able to tell them that we won. I'm sorry. Did you mention which, which one is it? Chloe or Kaya? Who is it? It's my youngest Kaya. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, one more thing I did want to talk to you about. Uh, did you happen to see Ryan Clark's tweet last night about you? 
Uh, no. What did Ryan have to say now? We, we're going to have to talk to Ryan Clark here at some point. Uh, Ryan Clark tweeted, my dog at Cam Hayward is on the all-time worst body, best team player team. I, I thought that was harsh, man. I, I really did. I can't believe Ryan Clark called you out like that. I was about to tweet at him, but I, I, I can't believe. What do you got to say about your old teammate coming after you? RC always got something to say. Um, <laughs> I ain't got time for that right now. <laughs> I ain't got time for that. That's not even on my, my 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 brain right now. Like, no comment. <laughs> I was wishing we would come off a win so you could just light into him. But yeah, I, I I feel you on it. I couldn't believe he said it though. But I'm like, I gotta ask him about this. You and RC have had some back and forth where you know he called you a bust at one point in your career. So I think it would be nice for you to take a shot at him. But I totally understand you taking the high road. Hey man. I'm taking no road. I'm just, I ain't got time for that crap right now. Like, if you got time to talk about me and what I look like, so be it. Enjoy enjoy talking about me. Just for the record, I thought you looked toy. So don't worry about it, okay? Hey, man, I know how I look. I feel good. Yeah, you look good. We need to get you in those bumblebees again, okay? Really show off that body. Uh, let's not do that. <laughs> but I want to say thank you, Hayden for busting my balls and give me a hard time. And, you know, we got to talk about the unfortunate situation on losing these last two. Um, but there's more football to be played and there's more podcasts to be have. And I'm hoping this is the worst of them. So we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Not Just Football Podcast. Um, we'll see you later.